1: This Haberman and Middlecoff segment is brought to you by Ease.com, promo code HAM, Middlecoff. Pr-
0: promo code HAM,
1: $20 off first purchase, over $50 free delivery. Now to the pod. There have been some incredible games in this tournament. Duke has been involved in most of them. What what The Final Four is now set. There's a bunch of different stuff we can talk about. What is the headline of the Final Four? Is it that Zion is not
0: in it to you? Or that the team that you bet on, one of the teams you bet on still is? Yeah, betting on futures is pretty fun if you bet the right team. <laughs> you know, I mean, Kentucky going out was a pretty big deal. Uh, I had Michigan State. And once Kentucky went out, I'm like, God, the likelihood Michigan State is going to beat Duke. And then I didn't wasn't able to watch the first half, and I flip it on, and it's 34 to 30. I'm like, God damn, Michigan State's playing well. Yeah. And you could just see, like, they were up for the task. Now, there were points and times in the second half you're like, oh, they're going to lose. I actually tweeted out it was over. And, you know, it's classic, right, uh, colding, you know, freezing takes or whatever, takes it off. And, like, that didn't age well for a million people. Again, I want Michigan State to win. It was a great reverse jinx. But Zion was as remarkable of a freshman as I've ever seen. Just pure enjoyment and fun to watch. And who truly gave a shit. Like, just always felt like he was playing hard. Say one thing for LeBron. I remember watching LeBron in high school. It just felt like he was flying around. Like he tried really hard. You know, they're, Melo, probably the most accomplished freshman of all time, right? Number one recruit, goes to college, wins a Natty. But he was just like my favorite player on that Melo team was Jerry McNamara, who now is like one of Bayheim's guys. I, I, I like Jerry McNamara more. Warwick had the big play. Uh, the Brow had, you know, a pretty unreal freshman year, led him to a national championship. I, I just think Zion being out sucks, but the, it's the craziest part of the tournament. Not the craziest part, but just the nature of the tournament. Once you get to the Elite Eight in a field that just played out pretty chalky, like Gonzaga played Texas Tech. You know what's underrated about Texas Tech? They won the fucking Big 12.
1: Like They were really good. Well, and they've got one of the best coaches in the country and a lottery pick on their team, Jarrett
0: Culver. Well, And watching like Purdue play Virginia. You know what turns out about Purdue this year? They're really fucking good. So like once you get to the Elite Eight, like Michigan State, Duke, it, it was just it was an incredible. I thought the Elite Eight was elite. I mean, I, I thought it was just awesome.
1: Yeah, and I didn't feel like I don't a lot of people today, and I get it. And it's there probably is some truth to the hey veteran teams beat young teams, and that's just how it's usually going to be, and that is usually how it is. I think the highest scoring freshman I heard somebody say left in the Final Four is a six point per game guy. Like that's the the most prolific scoring freshman on the last four teams is a guy that averages six points per game. You know, Auburn doesn't have one. Auburn, uh, Chumo Kiki is a sophomore. The guy that's hurt.
0: You know, he's the guy that got Chuck person in trouble.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, but like, they're really like,
0: these are veteran teams. I don't think Duke, which kind of sucks. Like Chuck person, who was on the last Elite Eight team with Barkley, who's a big part of that program, probably the second most famous player ever, He's like story. dying for these sins. Yeah. Um. I, I, uh,
1: like Duke lost. Did Duke lose because they were young? I mean, Duke won two games that were like thin margins. They won them. The type of game that you say a veteran, if Duke was a veteran team, that's what we'd be saying. It's like, oh, a veteran team. They beat UCF and they survived Virginia Tech. Um. It's funny, both those teams had to miss shots for Duke to win but I just think they got beat because the team that beat them is also really good. Not because Duke is best players
0: or freshmen, but they, they were somewhat full, Like the knock on Duke. Was yeah. And they were shooting you're team. right.
1: You're right. And they were flawed. So I'm not saying if they were a veteran team, it wouldn't. Have. How about the guy who started in place of uh, cam reddish got like two minutes. Oh, you probably, you didn't see the beginning of the game.
0: But Cam Redd played in the game. Yeah, right? yeah,
1: he just came off the bench like two minutes into the game.
0: Because he missed the Michigan or he missed the Virginia Tech game.
1: Did Correct. not play. Didn't dress. Yeah. Um, for me, like for, if Virginia, I know the Coach Cal not winning is a big story and it should be, but like the guys had prolific success. The best coaches in college basketball. Some of them only have one championship. If I had to bet, I would bet John Calipari will win another title. But,
0: but but I would say for that though, guy, if you like to me, Coach K, Stephen A today had some rant like, "This season was a disappointment for Duke." It's like, yeah, Stephen, that's not a hot take. That's just yeah. Anytime you have Zion, uh, not winning, not get, I wouldn't say winning the national championship, but not making the final four is a letdown. To me, Kentucky, a little bit of a different team this year. Like they they weren't even a number one seed. To me, the part that stings for Cal. And we don't quite, I think, grasp this out here, and you wouldn't grasp this in the Northeast. But if you live in the South, like the SEC is a big deal. They lost to an SEC team, who had just lost the dude they paid like two hundred thousand dollars to come to school to a torn ACL, and you lost to them. Now, you called some of their games. Like they, they're probably the hottest team in the tournament. Like they were just playing fucking remarkably. There was a stat yesterday on TV. Maybe I saw it on Twitter. Of the three teams they just beat, the if you add up all their tournament wins in the history of the program, it's like three hundred and fifty wins. Kansas, North Carolina, Kentucky. Like wow. that's the last three teams they beat. If you think college basketball right now, and close your eyes, the probably if, if we had to name five teams, three of the five you're gonna name are gonna be Kansas, Kentucky, and North Carolina, right? Right. I'd say the first four would be Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky. Those would just probably be the four. And you still have fifth. Yeah, <laughs> back in 1978. But they just beat those teams. So say what you want about them. They got pretty, something pretty special going, and their coaches that tweet that, I mean, you got some of the video. He's pretty, he's just kind of a lightning rod. But Cal, to me, is like, it's weird because Coach K is the most famous, but Cal's the most polarized. And Coach K is the most accomplished. And even Roy's more accomplished than Cal. But Cal's the most just polarizing, moves the needle. Like, you just say Calipari, everyone kind of has an opinion. He's the most
1: most out front.
0: He's good for their sport. Like, they need Yeah, I think it's
1: better. Like, they should hope that he
0: doesn't go to the NBA. But I guess at the end of the day, I, I was only able to listen to the second half in the car. I mean, they weren't making shots. Their best player, who is damn good, is coming off a major foot injury. Now he was playing well, P.J. Washington. Right. You know, I, I think the knock was like, where, do, where else do they get their scoring? The problem is when you feed P.J. Washington, I'm, I'm not John Wooden here, but Reed Travis is also kind of a low post player. So if, if you're featuring P.J. Washington, it kind of takes Reed Travis out of it. Because I thought early in the tournament when P.J. wasn't playing, they were a little more balanced because they'd feed Reed and he could fucking bang in the post. But then he'd also kick out... Like, it's hard to play two bigs in just modern-style basketball. But P.J. had 28. So if they... they But you're right. They didn't hit threes. He didn't make many free throws. P.J. I just... They were saying in the broadcast, listen to it on the... I mean, he kept missing free throws because he kept getting fouled. Yeah, he was 6 of 11. I I mean, I don't think he's... Now, to your point, the Okiki
1: injury... I mean, Auburn has been playing so well. And they play so hard. And they are talented. And... They finished fourth in the SEC, and Kentucky finished second in the SEC. It's not like Kentucky won the SEC by ten games or four games. And they played – this is the third time they've played. and Did, Kentucky, did the Kentucky win the SEC? No, Tennessee won the regular season. Remember? Yeah, and, then and then Auburn, Auburn beat them the, and won the yeah. championship. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like I, I – yeah, I understand why they're mad about it. I don't look at it the
0: same way, but of course I don't. I, I, I do think – the best part of the Virginia-Purdue game—can we talk about was, this? Was that little point guard for oh Purdue my god. Had, the be- had the best NCAA tournament game I think I've ever seen. Oh my god, he was—he inc- would look like Steph Curry meets D. Rose because he could shoot and he could drive, and he was like a little pinball. He didn't deserve to lose, and and the way the game ended, he had a really bad turnover. Oh. It was like God, he didn't deserve that. He All was too, right. and you could tell that Tony Bennett grabbed him after the game. I, I, I tried to read his lips. He had to be saying, like, bro, that's the best game I've ever coached against. I mean, that was he was unstoppable.
1: Well, it's the thing, right? It's, it's like the, the thing that beats Virginia is if somebody gets unconscious from three. And somebody did. And they still won the game. Carson Edwards is his name. He had 10 threes. He
0: Tyler Eifert's brother is like this gritty white guy. It's like a former walk-on. Grady Eifert. <laughs> Grady. Who, do you know that Eifert's dad... I think was on the last like elite eight team for Purdue with Gene oh, Katie in the '80s. That. Tyler wasn't there in the elite eight game, but he was there for the Sweet Sixteen set with his dad. Like his dad's huge too. Like, I think his dad's Tyler taller than Tyler. That's a pretty good genetics. You you
1: said this, you tweeted this, and you're so right. The tap out was crazy at the end of regulation, but the pass, not the physical pass, because that was difficult too. That pass was like a 45 foot pass, one hand, one money. right? <laughs> not just that, but. As I'm watching it, its I don't know about you, as I'm watching it unfold, it was not on my radar that he was going to pass the ball. Like, I didn't think he had time to do anything but try and collect, maybe get one more dribble, and try and line up a half-court shot. And then uh, as soon as
0: he passed it, I thought, oh my God, there's time for this. When you rewatch it, I think it's fair to say that the majority of players in pro or college... Heave that up somewhere from half court, just because of the time. I felt immediately when it got into Tall Cisco's hand. I mean, that guy. What, what's going on with that guy's dyed hair? I, but it's, it makes him unique, and he's he was good. I mean, he had the tip out, and then he scored right when it left his hand. You could tell it was going in. That's what was cool. It's like, oh my god. Well, I John, because <laughs> it was it floated perfectly. I've been to a million practices where coaches
1: do like game like end-of-game situations. time score situations. But I think we saw it in the Virginia Tech game. I don't think – and it's natural for a player. If I'm a coach, I'm putting five-tenths of a second, half a second or four-tenths, which is the long – which what what you need. I'm putting that on the clock just so my players can know how long that is. Like, how much time do you really have? Because for that point guard, Kihei Clark, not to panic – and understand that he had enough time to make a pass is so incredible. Now maybe you looked at the clock too, but if I looked up and saw two, what was it like 2.7 when he passed the ball? Maybe.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, well, to me it was just like a, an Aaron Rodgers level. Dart. Oh my
1: God. <laughs> and that's the other thing. It's like, how big is the guy? Like <laughs> I didn't think physically Kehe Clark. He's looks like he's 510 nine.
0: You know what it shows you too. And I thought about this. Once, nine, they won, once they won and once they won in overtime, and it just, I, I, you know, this is what's great about sports, and usually the way this plays out, like you got to go through the lowest of lows to reach the highest of highs. Like, guy, they lost to a fucking 16 seed last year, and they've had some pretty devastating just losses over historically to get the monkey off their back like that. Yeah. I keep thinking if they know, win I'm it. on the edge of my seat. What are these coaches thinking? I mean, their heart, how are they not have a heart attack? I know. Well, you I, see how much they I, sweat. It's a, it's partly it's understandable. It just it was incri- how about the out of bounds play that Izzo drew up at the end of the game to oh. get him going like that knowing that more than likely they're going to overplay the left side thinking we're just going to try to get it in so you can foul. No, we're going to get a play where I think I'm going to get some green grass or some open court and just be able to dribble it out. Like clearly they knew that was a play they thought they could get him just kind of free and just waste some time and get a clean pass cuz he was overplaying him to go toward his own basket or their you know their basket cuz that's usually what teams do you just try to run them around get them open their play like it's we don't think a lot with basketball about x's nose but i i think it's underrated how much you know cuz you talk to these coaches like they are kind of like geeky like football wise well yeah with the out of bounds plays of them are like the blob and the slob john what's the blob and the slob Blob is baseline
1: out of bounds and slob is sideline out of bounds, right? Well, because a baseline out of bounds—it's
0: tough. It's really hard because you don't have that much room. There was a play, and I think the good analysts will go. This is going to be really challenging, and you see a lot of steals that way because there's not much room, especially when you're kind of near the sideline. You know, like not under the basket, but they put you near the kind of closer to the bench. Yeah, that's a terrible. Would well, you say so- that's the worst angle? <laughs>
1: In yeah, basketball. yeah. I, I think being on the sideline, being on the baseline is tough. Both of them are tough. Yeah, that corner. But just think about it. Like the final score was sixty-eight, sixty-seven. So how many real opportunities as a coach do you have to draw up? You can know, call in plays, but when you draw up a play, that's where your wins above
0: replacement comes in. Right? Well, he drew up. The, Izzo drew up the play to get that kid a three. Yeah, that's yes. Because um, to me the. The Bennett one was luck met. Like, I do give the coach credit. Their guys were pretty under control. The Cisco guy to have the presence of mind to tip it, the point guard to not have a heart attack and heave it. Like, that's – to me, that's six months, and those guys are older players, years of being in the program, getting that hammered home. Because wouldn't you say you talk to a lot of people in college basketball, they go to the mat for Tony Bennett. Like, they think he is as good as a guest, just a coach, a guy – He's kind of like, he's like Izzo type, but it's just not as accomplished because he's never done it. But they all, I, I've never read a bad thing about him. And I, I, he's always been defended when he's gotten knocked out. Like, I'm telling you, he's going he's gonna to get it one day. Yeah. And now it kind of feels like the way it's shaping up to be, if I had to guess, Michigan State-Virginia is going to be our championship game. And just, that's a pretty good championship game. I mean, it's not great for the eyes, but it's a good... Yeah. And Texas Tech's pretty
1: great. I mean, this team, this program has been to back-to-back NCAA tournaments not elite eights okay gonzaga's been to five straight sweet 16s auburn's been to -to back-to-back tournaments this is the fourth time they've been to -to back-to-back tournaments tech or auburn did i say
0: auburn tech well auburn too i mean yeah (laughs) auburn same deal this is the first final four they've ever been to i watching tech and again i didn't watch them at all all season they are good you know that's one of the things that's a problem when you pick the tournament by the time you get to the Elite Eight, if you filled out a bracket or whatever, I had no clue that Purdue and Tech were that good. Like I, would, I I, didn't give them the respect because I just didn't know. I don't watch them play. I just think, wow oh, Kansas is the best team. Well, actually, Kansas was not the best team this year in that conference. Purdue won the For the, the first league. time in 14 years. Yeah. You know, and per, did Purdue win the Big Ten? Purdue won the league. Tied, tied with Michigan State. And then Michigan State won the, the conference tournament. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the right... To me, the right conferences are represented, right? The Big Ten is represented, as they should be. The ACC was too good not to get a team in this year. The SEC is... Has it been announced today that Buzz Williams is taking the job? I haven't read it, but everyone feels like Buzz Williams is going to AM. I haven't seen that as we're... Uh... He drew up a great play
1: at the end of his game. Fuck yeah, good guy. I mean, <laughs> it was... That, that You realize, too, like, how do you miss it? That is
0: really hard to be the That's point. That's what I'm saying. That's that. the
1: play I'm talking about. I think he didn't know how long half a second was. And he felt like he just had to tap it when he had time to catch it and put it in the basket.
0: Yeah. So, Or even he probably didn't even need to fade. He could have jumped straight up and probably dunked it. You know, I think he was afraid to dunk it because I thought he, he didn't think he had that much time to dunk it. But he did. You're right. That game kind of gets forgotten about. Totally. <laughs> I completely forgot about it too. You just brought it up. Uh, you know, I, I, I think the tournament... Rough first Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because there weren't many crazy games. The last four days have been good. Yeah. Like, they, again... And the give right- you credit,
1: you said at the beginning of the tournament, like, this one, just sometimes the second weekend is better, and it was.
0: Well, just be, To me, when it's a really top-heavy year, like, it was clear the top 15 teams were so... Much, some years, like, God, I don't even know. This year was, like... Texas Tech ain't losing a lot of these random to te- so that like the 3 and 4 and 5 seeds like look at yesterday it was just 1 versus 2s 1 versus 3s 2 versus th- 2 you know it's just that's how you want it and that's how it played out that's why middle rooting for michigan state
1: <laughs> yeah well I'm 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 with you uh for different reasons